I had an ACL reconstruction, my meniscus was partially torn, and my MCL was partially torn. And I was like, why? Like, why did this happen to me? Why did you do this to me? Because I, I train, like I'm very disciplined, I practice, I work hard. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Welcome to Beyond the Bench. We're your hosts, Kyla, Sam, and Jazra. Join the huddle as we tackle different mental illnesses and athletics each week and discuss how you could possibly grow from these setbacks. Now, warm up, get ready, and let's get our head in the game. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. Today we're going to be talking about injury recovery, which is a process of healing from an illness or injury. In this case, it would be an athlete. Most times when injury recovery is mentioned in the aspects of athletics, the injury took place during some level of participation within their sport, whether it's practice, a game, training, you know, of that sort. Not only does an athlete experiencing injury recovery have to regain their physical health, but also maintain their mental health. This becomes difficult when considering the actual pain of the injury, as well as the mental piece of not being able to play sports, not meeting a set expectation that they had, and returning back to the sport. It's a constant balancing act between physical pain and mental struggle. Today, we're interviewing Sergio, but I like the way he says it, so I'm going to have him say his name. Hey, guys. Uh, what's up? What's up? Uh, I'm Sergio Valerga, or Sergio, and uh, I'm the captain of the Saigo men's soccer team. So just a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of yes, course. thanks for doing this for us. <laughs> and your ethnicity again? Oh, yeah. So I'm originally from Argentina. Born here, but originally from Argentina. Uh, that's where all my family lives. Both my mom and my dad are from there. So, yeah. Percent. All right. So we're just going to start off. First thing, tell us about your first injury because he's experienced two. Yeah, so uh, as an athlete, obviously, um, it's important to to hit on that. First, we go through a lot of downfalls. Uh, a lot of people don't think about it, but there's very little high, high moments of like, you know, everything's going well and everything's going good. And unfortunately, I've had to deal with a lot of lows as well. So uh, those lows being injuries has been a very a big impact on my life. So my first injury, uh, kind of what Jazz was saying first, yeah, unfortunately, I have to say first, but was uh, a meniscus injury. Um, I had been playing soccer in an academy here, a local academy called the Dallas Texans. And yeah, uh, just, you know, one day from practicing fully, you know, being healthy, able to do everything. And then uh, from one day to like a different day, just, you know, and soccer being the thing I love the most, just the the thing you love being taken away from you. Mm -hmm. uh, It's devastating, you know. So uh, yeah, just playing soccer, unfortunate uh, bad turn and you hear a pop and you know the pop's always always a bad news so so how did it happen exactly yeah so our Mondays were conditioning days so probably have to start saying this that I wasn't feeling very well that day I was mm-hmm. feeling under the weather mm-hmm. and uh that day my parents were like yeah you should just stay home like oh, that was the no. biggest regret no, you know. no. Mamas, mamas and parents always know they always know they're like yeah you, you shouldn't be going out there and I was like no nah, I want to go I want to make it Im- an impression on the coaches and just, you know, just do what I do, you know, play and enjoy. And we go, we have a, an hour of conditioning. Everything feels well, you know, like, of course, I'm under the weather, but I'm going through it, going through it. We get into a drill and like I change direction. I get bumped from the back. And when I land, I just hear a pop. Like, it's just a, mm. like, it's almost like a snap. Like, a, yeah. And then I couldn't like straighten my legs. So that was the obvious. 
the obvious thing was like my leg was like at a you know if it's at a 180 like straight it was like a 90 degree angle so i couldn't yeah. i couldn't oh, straighten no. it yeah yeah that's not good <laughs> no I yeah and, and uh, it was tough because it happened during covid like during the pandemic oh, so no. yeah so i was like your class of 24 no 25 25 oh yeah we're the same class. so oh, this oh, was this was 2020 uh when it happened and so the biggest problem was there was like a wait list i mean luckily mine wasn't four months mine was um, like a month but mm -hmm. um yeah you had to get tested negative you had to go through a whole bunch of procedures just to make sure you're able to even you know enter the hospital without yeah. risking the employees or anyone mm -hmm. and uh yeah so you wait i was a month you know just having my leg wrapped like however just so i didn't feel pain on crutches obviously and then uh you know surgery and then surgery is like a two-hour process you're you know you're supposed to be not walking for a month so you're on crutches for a month maybe a month and a half then you walk and then you know slowly and surely you have to progress 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 and that's where I want to thank you know my my trainers really pushed me because senior year of high school the last thing I wanted to do was you know be in the training room all by myself but mm -hmm. uh it was tough but every single day I could tell you like like a word from God every single day I would wake up you know from six to eight in the morning you know two hours and just do rehab mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was tough but how did it feel for you mentally like to be able to play for as long as you have you know doing intense training practices all that kind of stuff and then you get hurt and now everything's supposedly gone yeah everything you've worked for everything you've worked for is gone yeah so I wouldn't say gone because I always I've always been like a very determined person, like mm -hmm. very perseverant. Like you know what this happened, but we're gonna get better off of it. And it's uh, a good mindset. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. Like if you right, worry about right. it in the moment, it's just gonna get worse. Mm -hmm. A big portion of that that was probably my lowest point in my faith too, which all you know ended up strengthening it more than I could even imagine. So I wouldn't be as close as I am to God without that circumstance you know so I thank God because he worked behind the scenes and the things that I didn't you know realize mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah so kind of what Jazz was saying um that the platform that I had playing in the academy was a good opportunity to get looks uh it was definitely going to be a very pivotal year in choosing where I wanted to be mm -hmm. and uh ultimately you know maybe God wanted me here at Saigo and that's why everything worked as it should but yeah uh it's it's tough you know contacting you know reaching out to to coaches and then them realizing that you're hurt and you don't want to tell them and once you tell them it's kind of like oh yeah uh red flag red flag you know? yeah yeah that's true so you had to wait a month until you got an official diagnosis yeah so no the official diagnosis was like two weeks two weeks and then yeah and then surgery was a month after those two weeks so how was it like how would you describe your mental state when you first injured yourself versus when you got the diagnosis and you knew how long you were going to be until you came back and everything like that yeah so um when you first injure yourself, it's kind of like, it's scary for sure, but it's more of a hoping that it's not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. So kind of in denial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe my head's messing with me. Maybe it was a, a light pop, like, like any other pop, you know, like a, a joint that's like, you know, tired mm -hmm. or held in a position and then you straighten it and it right, pops. Right, right, right. And then, you know, just praying for the best, doing everything I could and my ability to hope it wasn't that. And then you know, you get the call from the doctor or you go there and they're like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a torn meniscus. So it's, it's a low blow because that was the first thing, you know, I've ever like torn, torn, like oh. a big mm -hmm. injury. You know? Dang it. 
a big thing for me was always like, oh, I want to have a good senior year in high school. Like, yeah. just just have fun with, like, the people you grew up with your whole life. So yeah. it was tough because they would be out practicing and I'd be in the training room. But, you know, I was like, like, I'm going to do this. So then if I have a chance to play at the end of my senior year, barely, you know, I'm doing what's right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, sometimes you, it's tough, but you have to, you know, like, work it out yourself. Like, no one else is going to do the rehab for you. So it's a lot That's of, true. like, personal sacrifice going into it. and. Like, yeah, like what Jazz said, your faith is, ooh, it's tested super yeah. tough because it's like, like not only did I said like your your favorite thing is taken away from you, but it's like the timing of it was like, oof, like yes. it couldn't have been any other time, you know? Yeah. Right, so like earlier like, or something. Yeah. Were you able to do any of those senior things at, towards the end of yeah. the year? Yeah, so I did, yeah. Um, I didn't, I was not able to go back to the club level, the academy mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. uh, just cause that level was really intense. And I thought it was best. I told my, my club coach after months after he had the hope that I was going to return. And I was like, I want to just take it to like work on my personal development, just yeah. make sure I come yeah. back strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but I was able to play like four high school games, my last four oh, high school okay. games. Oh, okay. Good, yeah. good, good, good. So that's a up, but yeah. yeah, if I wouldn't have done the rehab, for sure, mm-hmm. it would have been super tough. So. Yeah. Were there ever periods of time where it, it was so hard to find the motivation and, like, you just felt yourself going into a hole that you had to pull yourself out of? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, a lot of nights, you know, were sleepless. I know it's very, like, cliche, but, yeah, it's very tough because you just, it's kind of like you're battling yourself, so it's a mental battle, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I'm going to rely on God that everything's going to work out, too, because it's not only that you're physical is not to 100 is that you know the doors that you were hoping to open mm-hmm. for your future you're like oh man like i, ho- I hope he works like I, ho- I hope he's working you know right. even when you can't see it he's working so no, yeah. definitely like, doesn't just is- affect your present affects mm-hmm. your future yeah, oh, yeah. Like, this is a little scary god like what are you doing to me you know <laughs> so then you got injured again <laughs> oh, tell this- us about that one yeah so uh <laughs> this was actually this last fall so this would be fall 2022 and this one was, this was a tough one too, but this one was different because I've already gone through yes. a situation. So you're kind of more like, like a veteran, but not, yeah. I hate to say that because it's a, it's a bad thing to be <laughs> yeah. a veteran, but yeah. So happened in a game, this one, sixth game of the season. So have in mind that like you get to redshirt a season after five games and this no. happened 15 minutes into the sixth game. Oh my gosh. No so, that way. Stinks. Yeah. So unfortunately. That's just one of those things where it's like God. Yeah. Yeah. You can't like, that's the universe. That's God being like. I wasn't supposed went, to have an extra year. Yeah. He's like, come here. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see where that plays out. But yeah, I tried begging to the trainers and to the athletic director to give me the year back, but. Looks like it's a it's a no go. So no way. Yeah. But there's a rhyme and reason for everything that God does. He has a oh, plan. Yeah, so for sure. there's a reason why you got hurt in the sixth game specifically with 15 minutes. Yeah. That's wild. And uh this one was weird because like a lot of people's ACL tears are like really bad. Like yeah. they scream and everything. Mm-hmm. And like it happened. Uh we're in the game and I'm I'm probably having the best game of the season. Like like really like moving the ball like like being there for my team and I was like, wow, like finally I'm I'm finally like getting loose, getting used to playing with the college level. And what I'm like, position do you play? Okay, so I'm in 
the center of the field. So center oh, he's tall. We got he's you. good. Okay, wait, wait. Because Ryan know, taught know. us about the soccer positions yesterday in okay, class. Yeah. So we know that the guy in the middle, he's tough. Oh, yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. He, has, he's he like, said they have to be really good. So. He's humble uh, about it. He's like, yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he, uh, he gave me a little boost on that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a center midfielder and I play on the defensive end. So I'm kind of like, Right in front of the defense and right behind the like the higher yeah, attacking yeah, yeah. midfielders. Okay. So you're in the middle of the field. You're kind of like a lot of people say you're kind of like the engine. Like mm -hmm. you kind of hold everything together. And you know that was my first year as a captain too. Like this sophomore year. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Like let's make this a year to remember. That's the first game I actually felt like super loose. Like I was like, you know what? I'm not in my head. I was like, this is gonna be a turning point to the rest of my college career. Like well, my mental attitude just changed that day. And um, I'm having a really good game, and then out of nowhere, uh, you know, like there's a really weird bounce, and I go up for it, and it's almost like a 50-50. Like uh, they, one of their players go after it, one of our players go after it, and we, I jump, and we knock each other off balance, and I land, and it just kind of like pops. Oh gosh! Mm. But but the thing is, I felt a pop, and it was hurting and everything. And then I get out the game, and I try to wrap it, like try to play, and I was like, something just feels off. So I was like, hey, coach, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it off, like. It's weird. Like, I don't want to force it because I feel something. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, because you thought about your past injury. Yeah. And I was like, it feels very similar to it. But yeah. I could straighten it. So I was like, oh, I have faith. I have faith. So mm -hmm. it was really weird because between that and the MRI, I had three weeks because mm -hmm. our trainer, Stuart, was very lenient on like, hey, like, let's let's work on it. Like, let, let it rest for a week and let's see where it's at. Like, let's let's stay positive. So I was like, OK, yeah, let's stay positive. And, you know, like it was weird because during that week, it felt better and better and better. So I was like, you know, maybe it's nothing. Yeah. But then I would always have this pain going up and down the stairs or like super pain. Mm. Like like pressure. Like as soon as I straightened the leg, it almost felt like the knee gives up on you. Kind of like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like loose. Like yeah. Loosey. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what ACL yeah. feels like. <laughs> so I kept sure. telling Stuart, like the first time the doctor came to Sagu, he was like, oh, yeah, but you should be fine. Like, you should be fine. I had a brace like these weeks and I was like, OK, yeah. And then, you know, I tell Stuart, you know, hey, Stuart, I think we should get an MRI. Yeah. And after three weeks, he's like, yeah, let's let's get it just in case. So I get the MRI. Uh, we go to a, a location with my dad. And who, we're hoping, we're praying, like, let's not go through another tough moment again. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've been through it. So these last years, especially, he's like, man, my dad. And honestly, I want to say this before. Uh, I, I probably couldn't be able to, you know, have stayed so consistent in my faith and everything if it weren't for my family. My family mm -hmm. is everything. Like, they're my best friend. They're my best coach. They're my best mentor. Like, uh, honestly, I'm so, so grateful to God for the family he gave me and the upbringing that he's, like, allowed me to have. Because without them, they're, man, I'd be lost, honestly. So they've, they've encouraged me. They've helped me when I needed them to. But, all right, sidetrack, sidetrack. But, <laughs> That's good. A little no, shout yeah. Important shout out. No, yeah. They are, man. They are, they're crucial to my, like, upbringing, to who I am, to just, how I view the world, so mm -hmm. yeah, they're they've been a they've been a really big help. So Aww. yeah, so <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> but um, <Shedding> a tear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so we ended up getting the MRI, and uh, it was weird because I was like, Stuart called me after the MRI two days later, and I was like, oh well, this could be really good or really bad, and uh, he calls me, he apologizes, so I was like, ooh, 
like oh, our trainer no. to apologize like like weird you know because he's, yeah. he's really um straightforward mm-hmm. and sometimes like he hides his emotions like Very a little blunt, blunt. Yeah, yeah like yeah. simple to the point yeah Direct. so he's like hey uh i'm sorry like i'm sorry i didn't listen to you i'm sorry i didn't i didn't Aww. like like listen to you and yeah unfortunately worst case scenario but yeah your, your acl is torn like it's torn torn yeah like yeah we're gonna need to have a reconstruction surgery and everything and like I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get your MRI sooner. Like it's just, I had to try to take a chance to see if you would get better. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. in those three weeks, I was doing rehab too. So yeah. I was strengthening, yeah. like just trying everything to like, yeah, have it strong. And then he calls me, and then I remember uh, the first thing I did was call my dad mm-hmm. after. Yeah. So Stuart calls me. I'm like, all right. And then I go into my our locker room, and I'm in there for an hour. Mm-hmm. Just like this is low point. I'm yeah. like, hey dad, like. Like we prayed, we tried, we 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 did everything, and I was like, yeah. But Stuart, we we say in Spanish, the ACL bones, the ACL and the MCI, I believe, the yeah. two ones, yeah. we call them cruzados. So that means that they're like diagonal, the diagonal bones. So it's very famous in Argentina to say, you broke your cruzados. Mm-hmm. So I told him, yeah. Stuart called me and he said that, yeah, I tore, I tore my cruzados. And he said, like he just stopped. My dad, Aww. like he didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't, and my dad's a very like, like I've never seen my dad cry. Like he's not very emotional, but that moment he just stopped. Like he didn't know what to say or like how yeah. to control. He honestly, he wanted me to go home. Like he was like, no, don't mm-hmm. deal with it today. Just go, just go home. Like we'll be here with you. And just like they knew how important it was to me. Yeah. Especially, I'm trying to be a professional soccer player. Yeah. So after Saigo, I want to play. And you yeah. Know. But uh, yeah. So that. I was calling him for an hour in the locker room, just like, no, why? Why does this have to happen to me? Like, why is it always me? And then just like, why in this moment? Like, like I just started playing good. Like, I was a, like that day. That day, I felt like I was the best player on the field. Like, no, mm-hmm. like I was mm-hmm. just. It was just fl- when everything's flowing, you know. Yes. Like we have this class with Coach Moore, the volleyball coach, and he says you're in the like. I think he says like not the zone, but it's like something similar to it. And I was in that zone that day, and I was like, you know what, like. That day was low, low, because I didn't, and this was an injury that I was like, I was ashamed. We used to own a church. There's a lot of things at once, but we used to own a church. And uh, so in the church, uh, it was like a family, right? And every time I would get hurt or anything, they would always be backing me up and like praying for me. And I told them, don't tell the church. I didn't even tell my family from Argentina. Mm-hmm. Like, like the only people I knew were the team that was there, uh, my coaches and my family. Like, my, my mom, my dad, and my brother. That's it. Yeah. I tried not to tell anyone because I was, like, ashamed. I was like, no, nah, I've, I've gone through it two years, two injuries back to back. Like, yeah, it's like I haven't again. had a season, like, like healthy and free of injury in a, in a while. And I was just like, I don't want anyone to know. Like, So I would say I was probably very low three days after the news. And then after those three days, I was like, you know what? I'm going to approach this differently than my last injury. And this is where everything changed for my life. Like, there's a turning point. Mm-hmm. So in my... I told you, like, after my first injury, that was my lowest point in my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, very enclosed, very, why why was it me, God? Why was it me? Like, almost angry with, with mm-hmm. just why, how everything worked out. And I was, and I, uh, you know, I've had to apologize to the Lord because there was moments where I spoke to him where I wasn't supposed to, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, there's times where you're, if you're speaking of anger, it's better not to speak at all. And yes. I was speaking on mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. you know? And so I have apologized to the Lord on the way I've had to, you know, sometimes confront situations with him 
but I think it's a good thing for me to say it here because I think we're human, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. we sure. we definitely make mistakes, and I'll probably get injured one more time during my career. Like I don't doubt it, you know. So it's just that's how things work. But I tried a complete different approach to this injury. So after this injury happened, we have things called like the well in Sagu. And it's like worship nights. <laughs> Shout and, out the well. Yeah. <laughs> and I started going to like my local like young adults program. I kid you not, like every Sunday I went to church. I was like, you know what? We're going to go with smell. If I have a brace and crutches, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're just going to enjoy and we're going to give thanks to the Lord for even having me have this opportunity to be the captain and, you know, be in a university. And I was like, you know what? I'm a priest no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? He's in control of every situation, you know? And the Bible says, you know, he has plans of good and not to harm you. Plans mm-hmm. to give you a hope and a future and to prosper you. Mm-hmm. You know, so those verses just kept me in line. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to stay positive. I'm not going to, I'm still not going to tell anyone. I'm going to go through it myself. Like just uh, me and, and the Lord kind of thing. But you know what? He knew that I was going through the darkest moment. And that's mm-hmm. that was enough for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, Honestly, just praising him, but it it was almost like a selfless praise, like took my head off of my injury, you know, mm-hmm. like it, I wasn't ever thinking of my injury. I was just thinking to, I want him to be pleased, you know, with, with who I am in my life and just, you know, kind of just be a light to others, you know? So it was just like a moment of me establishing that I'm not going to, you know, my faith is not going to separate just because like what happened. And then it was very interesting because I keep talking about Coach Moore, I have a class with him, coaching theory. And. He keeps saying that um, you are not who, like, like what's the sport you play. And every yes. time he says that, it hits me. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you're not just a soccer player, you know. You you have much more than that. And maybe that was what I was missing in my life. Like, my identity was just based on who I was as an athlete and yeah. my performances. So, uh, yeah. You told us about how you were at your lowest point And with your faith being tested, you decided... I'm going to do it different this time. We're going to continue to be strong in my faith and praise God no matter what, whether I get good news, bad news, whether the recovery takes longer or not. But kind of crazy, funny enough, he uh, goes into surgery. So how? give us a timeline. How yeah. far was the surgery from this whole time period where you're in a good mindset, you're in the zone? Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is, uh, I don't know why, but I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I go to my first initial like site like with a doctor and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, well, I, the way I usually like to do ACL surgery is like I like to wait six weeks after injury. Oh, no. I was like, oof, six weeks? You know, like we can't just do it now, like cut six weeks off the end of the, mm-hmm. you know, eight months. So I'm thinking like in the long run, like, come on, man, that's like a month and a half, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it was like six weeks of probably like super heavy, intense worshiping and just like, you know, going into the surgery uh, the day before. I had a lot of my teammates pray for me, which mm-hmm. was like a very new thing, you know, because a lot of them were always reaching out to me, always checking up how I was doing. But, you know, they were still in season. Mm-hmm. And it's so vulnerable. Oh, yeah. So I didn't want to either. I didn't even want to be like a, a hassle to them. Yeah. Day of the surgery comes. So that's the day before. Day of the surgery comes. And this six weeks after I had the news, I went into it with a positive mindset. They told me to get there at six in the morning. So super early. And I was like, you know what? Like, we're going to come out stronger and you know what? We're going to do rehab just like we did the first time. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Like God has good plans and not bad plans. And you can do all things through Christ. Like we're going to go through it. It's going to be tough, but it's going to make you stronger in the long run. All right. So in the morning when I wake up, my alarm goes off and I feel the hardest pain I felt in those six weeks leading up. Like the worst pain in my knee ever. I was like, whoa, why surgery day? Like, hey, can you ease down? Like, so it's not hurting during the surgery. Right. 
And it was just like a different atmosphere. Like my, my dad was really like, you know what? I have a good feeling about this. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then the doctor comes in one more time. Uh, if you don't know how surgery works, he says, okay, we're doing this surgery again. He signs the leg that he's doing surgery on. So there's no mishaps and everything's go, 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 ready to go. And then he's like, okay, so let's try to do this repair surgery. It's going to last about this long, this long. And then they put you to sleep. I wake up out of surgery 45 minutes later. It was supposed to be a three-hour surgery. And my dad says, uh, Sergio, you won't believe it. Like, he's like, Sergio, Sergio, like waking me up from the... <laughs> not, not shaking you awake yeah, from the like, anesthesia. Uh, yeah, shaking me awake from the anesthesia. I'm like, well, hey, hey, dad, did everything go good? Like, like, like it's good. Like, I'm going to come back soon. I'm going to come back soon, right? He said, no, you won't believe it. I was like, what, what happened? What happened? Did everything go good? He was able to repair it. He said, yeah, yeah, everything's good. He said, you're up after 45 minutes. I was like, wasn't it supposed to be like three hours? And yeah. he's, like, he's like, no, no, listen, listen, listen. He's like, like, he tested your ACL and he says it's intact, like completely like full, like restored. Everything's perfect. And he says, as a matter of fact, the, the ACL that was supposed to be torn to pieces, shredded, is stronger than your other ACL. Like it's completely healed. And he says it's he's never seen this in his life. And I hear from the doctor two weeks after in the checkup, the second checkup, um, the only answer I got from Stuart and from everyone else that knows about it was, you know, it's a miracle. Like, like they've awesome. never seen it before. So, so cool. they did, of, of course, you know, go in to your leg. So I, I was still out for a little bit of time because, yeah. you know, they mess around with everything inside your yeah. bones. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're like, no, nah, we just checked the MRI. Yeah. Something's wrong. And then, uh, yeah. and then, well, apparently from the words of the doctor uh, said by my dad, uh, mm -hmm. he you know, twisted it around, did everything possible See, when I was asleep, when I was asleep, when I was yeah, did yeah, everything yeah, yeah. possible to make sure um, that, you know, his eyes weren't messing with him because mm -hmm. he, thought, he thought his eyes were messing with him. Yeah. And he's like, no, like, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, we were doing this test uh, two weeks before the surgery and it felt super loose. He was like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's off. <sighs> like something, so like we're going to have to do full That's restoration crazy. surgery. That is yeah. really crazy. Yeah. So that was the biggest news. Because I was crazy, man. And then I told my coaches, my team, and they couldn't believe it. And then thinking back on it, I was like, nah, everything worked out to perfection. Like, How did you feel? Obviously, it cut your time down. Like, where was your mindset at moving forward? Yeah, were you kind of nervous? Like, did you ever yeah. for a second not trust? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was that, that feeling of like, oh, do I trust this doctor? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and then at that moment, you just kind of be like, you know, if God worked the miracle, you know, everything is possible. Yeah, don't you know, question Christ, yeah. No question. Yeah. Like, let's ride, the, let's, let's ride the, the good wave and like, let's uh, let's hope everything is just as as it says it is, you know? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it was just uh, kind of refreshing because it was cool because it was like, God never left me even in the toughest of tough moments. Mm -hmm. And that was a, uh, it was good because it also showed me that I was like, I need to rely on him more. Yeah. Like, even though, you know, the season was taken away from me and that could have been a very low blow, you know, I had a high that no one ever, you know, has in their life, you know. Mm -hmm. And I never seen a miracle in person. That was my first miracle ever witnessed, like, oh, wow. ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. And yeah. I was, was going to say, like, you were talking about when you were in your low moment, you know, being almost angry and upset at God saying, well, why me? Like, why did this happen to me? Why is it always me? Like, I've done all this work, you know? And then now you're on the reverse side of it. Like, oh my God, did this actually just happen to me? Like, this just happened to me? Like, I had a miracle worked on me? Do you think that God took 
this, your sport away from you because you did say earlier that it was like your identity is who you were as a person. Do you think he took that away from you? Like you need to work on yourself as a person. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you much of God's thoughts, <laughs> but we couldn't. No, I, was like, good. I, didn't really... I do plan on asking him like as soon as I go to heaven, like what, like, what were you thinking? Like, right. why did you like, like, how did you like think of this amazing plan? And just like, how did it all work out? And why me? And, and also why me for the miracle? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why did you heal me? Why did you feel like it was adequate for me not to be out for those 10 months? Like, what would I have done in those 10 months? Maybe mm-hmm. you were stopping me from, you know, just being completely torn. Like, yeah. And, um, yeah, so as soon as that, like, what you're saying happens, I was like, like, I was just breathing and I was like, just thank you, Lord. Um, I don't know why you do things, but I trust in your plan fully. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, so I wouldn't say that he took soccer away from me because I, I hate to say that God does anything to harm us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I just say that maybe he closed the door that had to be closed in that time. And maybe maybe during that season, I would have gone through something worse if I would have kept playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something. Or I couldn't even tell you what he was thinking. But yeah. all I could tell you is that wherever you're going through, it doesn't even have to be sports. It could just be life. Like, God is in control yeah. of every situation. And even if it doesn't look like it, like, what if I say, why didn't he heal me during my recruiting process and, and that situation? But I was like, I wouldn't have been able to, like, I needed to go through that. Yeah. Just to form my character, form my, like, who I am, you know? Yes. And now you can testify to others, too. Yeah. And, the then now, and now, you know, if anyone needs anything, you just you pray over them. And, and maybe it's not going to happen as a miracle, but you put that little grain, that 1% grain of faith into their body and into their lives and let them know that, you know, you serve a, a miracle-working God, that everything mm-hmm. is possible for Him. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so I couldn't tell you why situations happen as they are, but um, all I can know is that it was always to work in for me instead of against me. And, you know, I thank God every day for, you know, the miracle. Every day before I go into the field, I pray and I just pray not only for a good practice, but for his light to shine upon me and just let him have the actions on the field, not me. Let him work through me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just grateful, man, honestly. Thank you so much, Sergio, yes. for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank this you was for good. being on It was a here. pleasure hearing your story. Yes. And- well, it was a lot more shocking than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So it was really awesome. Thank yeah. you, Sergio. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank y'all for having me. Honestly, yes. it's a it's a pleasure. And uh, y'all are <laughs> awesome, man. So thank, thank you, y'all. Sergio. Thank you. I had the honor of asking one of our own females track stars, Shania Mott, what happened with her and her injury and how she was able to deal with these struggles. She actually never knew when she became injured. Fun fact, she said that this could have occurred in high school and got worse in college. They just they didn't know exactly what happened. But she was experiencing excruciating knee pain, and this was due to a torn meniscus because of overusing her knee. That's kind of crazy that she found that out in college. That would kind of suck, especially as a freshman. She then went on to having her first surgery ever, which I find crazy, but her first surgery ever, and she confided to just feeling very alone and frustrated in this process, especially during recovery. Recovery during this injury was just so new to her especially having to give up what was a release. But while going through this, she found herself surrendering and devoting time to God and realizing she wasn't alone and that she was able to move on on her own time rather than just rush her health. After this recovery, she had doubts about if she could get back into this or not, if she could meet everyone's expectations, their standards again. But throughout all this hesitation, mental blocks and fear of re-injuring her knee, she plans to give it all to God and see what plan he has for her. 
So for our more celebrity example, we're going to be talking about Miami Heat player Kevin Love. He has been open about his battle with depression throughout his career. And this one particular time, we're going to be talking about when he was playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves and he broke his hand twice in one season. He said, my entire identity was tied to one thing in a really unhealthy way. Way before I was in the NBA or even college, my self-worth was all about performing. I was what I did. When I wasn't performing, I didn't feel like I was succeeding as a person. I was never in the moment alive. It was like I was trying to achieve my way out of depression. One thing I really love about this article I found, he talks about four different things that kind of happened to him during his injury recovery and just kind of how it all affected him. The first was that he was just so alone. He said, my identity was gone. My emotional outlet was gone. All I was left with was me and my mind. I was living alone at the time and my social anxiety was so bad that I never even left my apartment. It was like I was on a deserted island by myself and it was always midnight, just dark, dark and alone with my thoughts every single day. Another thing he talked about was how full of emotion he was. He said that my whole sense of purpose was tied to my job. And with that gone, every little thing that went wrong, no matter how small, just started compounding and compounding. Nothing major has to happen to start a spiral. It can be over the smallest thing in the world. Because you have depression, you can fall apart at any moment disproportionate to the circumstances. Another thing he said is that depression is exhausting. He said, sometimes it feels like the whole world is looking at you and saying things like, come on, man, just get over it. Don't think like that. Move on. But what people on the outside don't always understand is that it takes all of your strength and willpower just to exist, just to keep on going. Battling depression, battling anxiety, battling any mental health disorder is just so unbelievably exhausting. Finally, I really like what he said at the end. He said at the end, he just felt shameful. He said it got to the point that year where I was simply paralyzed with depression. And of course, I'm not about to show my weakness to anybody, right? I was tucked away in my apartment and nobody could see me suffering. The only time I would leave my apartment was to work out because that was the only place where I felt like I added value to the world, period. To those around me, I would put on a brave face. I think that last part that he said was really significant when he said the only time I would leave my apartment was to work out because that's where he felt that he added value to the world. It's like that's it. As an athlete, sometimes that's really what it feels like. I It feels like your only purpose is to play your sport or work out, and that's it. Yeah, and I can imagine at the professional level whenever you have so many eyes at you. And also, we're talking about injury recovery, and he's talking about all the stuff that occurred because of his injury, oh, like yeah. all of the mental health issues that he's going through because of his injury. So that's why we're discussing this aspect of the athletic world because it is so important because sometimes injury recovery and being in that process with rehab and all that stuff can cause different mental health issues. Yeah, you can see he says that his emotional outlet was gone, his identity, like he had nothing else after he was stripped of the one thing that he always was holding on to. Another part that was really good was when he was saying that it takes all your strength and willpower to just exist. Like mm -hmm. that hit me really hard because he is having to wake up and it's a chore to like breathe, basically what he's saying. And 
If you feel that way, you do not want to go to practice and run suicides or sprints or um, you're not worried about why you missed a layup or missed shots. Like, he's just trying to exist. Like, he's struggling to be here, you know? So I think it's really important for us to remember that we are human beings too and we have a life outside of sports and that sports is not your identity but it's just an added piece to who you are and what you like to do. We had the opportunity to talk to sports psychologist Dr. Julie Warnick to get some insight from a professional. How does a season or even a career-ending injury affect an athlete's mental health overall? Oh, that's a very that's a deep question, you know. I think it's kind of a stage of grief. You know, there's a lot of like anger and why and how did this happen? Just like a death, you know, sometimes in death, we don't know why people drop dead. You know, there's really no reason for injury sometimes. Um, you could be perfectly healthy and not fatigued and tear ACL. Uh, I tore my ACL because I was laughing and giggly and I just landed wrong and my knee buckled underneath me. Um, I, you know, the stages of grief come in with an injury. You know, you're angry, you're sad, you're, you're disappointed. I mean, you go through, you're frustrated. You go through all those ranges and the timing of the injury sucks. You know, you don't, you know, it could be your senior year. It could be, you know, your championship game. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's very hard. You know, I have high school athletes who have torn their ACL twice and, and, or three times even prior to going to college. Um, college soccer player, had ACL surgery within six months of coming back to her other ACL. So I asked, what is her why? Your your passion and your fun is number one, right? And so if you're not having fun at something, then you're not going to perform well. And then if you're, you know, and that's also when you can get hurt. Because if you're, if you're tense all the time, that's not good for your, your body. So, um, you know, injuries are, are, are really, really tough for sure. So how does that mental state, whether they fall into a depression or just a, a fog and obviously, you know, right after having a season ending injury or even career ending injury, how does that affect their recovery process? Um, well, we got to get positive. You know, we, we have to, you have to accept that injuries are part of the game and there's a severity of injuries depending on a, you know, a small break and an ACL, you know? So I think the victim's mindset is, you know, everyone, there's a lot of victims in the world and uh, we're all a victim on some level, but I think a true champion um, embraces the victim and says, screw it. Like I'm, I'm going to fight, like I'm injured. So I'm going to fight my ass off and I'm going to find a way to rehab it and come back. So there's a support component that we have to have and, and saying it sucks and you have to let the athlete grieve. But then all of a sudden you got to turn into inspiration and positivity and fight to get back. And it's hard, you know, it really is. It can be very, very difficult getting injured and maybe prematurely, you know, having to end your career earlier than expected. And that happens a lot with athletes. Um, going over the process, you know, there's, you go through rehab and then you finally get to start doing, um, your sport activity, whether it's basketball and it's like cutting or running or actually layups or those sports specific movements you get to do again. What methods do you utilize to help an athlete get over the fear of re-injury? Because it is very much a mental game more so. 
Well, I think the best thing you can do with anything in life with fear is attack the fear in preparation. So like if you're taking a test, you know, if you don't study for the test, then you're going to be really, really nervous. If you, if you have a presentation and you don't prepare for the presentation, you're going to be really, really nervous. And so, you know, I say the best thing that you can do is anything in life is attack. So attacking your rehab and then as you, as you're getting stronger, like, you know, your body better than anybody. So I think when you're, when you're stable and you feel like, oh, your muscles are good to go and then you feel ready. And so I think that psychological readiness is really about you putting the work in and really knowing your body and going on your terms. I think sometimes parents and coaches want their athletes to return to sport too early and that can be a problem. And so I always encourage athletes, you can't listen to everybody. You got to know your body and you return to sport when you think you're ready. And if you're not physically ready, you're not going to be emotionally ready and you can visualize yourself healing. I mean, the, the power of the mind, you can, there's, you know, staying, positive, being with your teammates. There's a lot of things you can make sure you're not in a funk. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that was all of the questions that we have for you today. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much again for Thank doing you this. So much. All right. You're welcome, ladies. Good luck with everything. That was Dr. Warnick. She has her own podcast, Getting Gritty with Dr. J. Go visit her website linked in the episode description and give her podcast a listen anywhere you stream podcasts. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Bench. Join us next Monday as we talk about substance abuse with the athlete's perspective's very own Hunter Griffin. But don't worry, it's not his personal story. Bye. 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 Bye.